Well, as many of you know, we're going through the book of Proverbs, and Proverbs has a lot to say about a lot of different things, and it's a little challenging sometimes going through it chapter by chapter, so we've spent the past couple weeks going through it thematically, and we cover a lot of verses, and believe it or not, the book of Proverbs spends a lot of time, specifically it mentions the idea of a fool 42 times in just 30 plus chapters, right? So it is a topic that I wanted to cover all in one shot because, quite frankly, it, it's a little difficult because I don't know about you. I walk into a church, and I'm expecting at least a good church to, to hear about the love and grace of Jesus, right? I want to hear Jesus a lot. I, I don't want to hear it just from the pastor. I want to hear it from the people that I'm talking to. I, I love hearing it from the lips of little kids. I want to hear Jesus, and if you don't know who Jesus is, he's the very Son of God who laid his life down, paid for our sins with his blood. He shed it on the cross about 2,000 years ago. Not only did he shed it on the cross, but he suffered and can um, empathize with everything that you're going through by taking on flesh and living in this sinful world. But he rose again from the grave three days later. And those who place their faith or trust in him and repent of their sins are granted eternal life. It's nothing that you earn. It's nothing that you do. It's just a free gift of God. But when you trust in him, you agree to follow him all the rest of your days. Seeking him, it doesn't mean you're sinless. It just now means that you have this Savior who is Lord of your life and will forgive you of your sins as you seek to follow him in all areas of your life. It is this incredible gift of grace. We call it the gospel or the good news. So when you come across passages like Proverbs, it, it's a little kind of like, eh, man, do we, are we even allowed to say fool in church? I don't know. Is that a bad word? Well, believe it or not, there are a number of passages that we're going to cover. But the very first thing that you have to recognize, if we could have, oh, this is the very first one, uh, Dan's on top of it. By the way, if, if you don't know this, we have a lot of people working behind the scenes in our technology, so if you ever want to volunteer there, we would love to have your help there. They make Sunday mornings happen. But quite frankly, as I think of the idea of fool, I think of the guy on the screen behind me. And if, if that's the fool, how do we deal with fools? It's real simple. You just kind of go, and you kind of walk down and you, you just give them a wide berth. If I see these guys walking on the street, I'm just like, hey, all right, good to see you. And, and I'm just moving on to my next stop or whatever. You can just simply avoid them. But here's the interesting thing. This very first verse, and here's how we're going to break this down. Not only how do we deal with a fool, but the very first thing that you have to figure out is how do you recognize fools? Because you can't deal with someone that you don't even realize they are a fool. So how do you recognize fools? And it deals with speech, behavior, and attitude in three areas if you're taking notes. How do you recognize fools? And this very first verse that we're going to cover actually might surprise you. Let's just read it. Proverbs 10, 8, it says this. The wise of heart will receive commandments. That's not just hearing that's not just being able to teach, but it means to receive and actually do. That's the context. That's the meaning of that word. 
The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. In other words, this is the very first verse under speech. How do you recognize a fool? Well, you recognize them by their speech, but let's deal with that first part of it. The wise of heart will receive commandments. So when you, maybe, maybe I'm thinking wrong here, but I'll just pretend like maybe I'm you, and I'm thinking about fool, I'm thinking of like the guy I'm working with, right? Not in this context. I'm thinking back when I was in pharmaceutical sales, we would have a meeting and there was this, always this one guy. He had the answer for everything, yet his answer was always wrong, but he thought he was right. And he would waste like an extra 30 minutes in every single meeting that we went to, and it just gave everyone a beating. I mean, you're like, oh, please, not a meeting, because of Bob, right? He was the fool in the group. That's not what we're talking about here today. There's all sorts of evil people in this world. That's not what we're talking about either. We're not talking about murderers. We're not talking about thieves. We're not talking about any of those people. Notice this. It's the wise of heart will receive commandments. And contrasting that is a babbling fool will come to ruin. What we're talking about, and this is going to surprise you, were individuals within the community of Israel. They were individuals within the community of faith. They had heard God's word and chose not to receive them. They might even have known God's word so much they could quote it, but they would not actually receive or do them. They would just babble. They would give their opinion. They would somehow figure out a way around what God's word said. Uh, they would, all sorts of ideas here come to mind. But here's the application for you today. When we talk about fool, we're not talking about external to the church. We're talking about people who have had experience in the body of faith, either this church, other churches, and they have rejected it. They've heard the word of, of God time and time and time again, but they, will, they just won't receive it. Doesn't mean they're going to leave. That, that would actually be kind of easy sometimes. Or it doesn't mean that they no longer have an opinion on the matter. No, they're going to, to voice that opinion. They're going to be this babbling individual. So here's the challenge in church life, so to speak. You're going to run across people that are incredibly faithful saints, that are servant-hearted people that will bless your socks off. But then you're also going to run across, maybe even on a Sunday morning, people who know all the lingo. They know all, in fact, they'll tell you all the lingo. But their behavior is that of a fool. And this is especially important if, as we're trying to build up our kids and, and raise them up so they can be leaders in the church, if you are leading or, or working with a team of people, you have to be able to recognize fools because you have to know how to deal with them. Uh, they can really bring people down. They can hurt people. If you treat them or, or accept them in certain ways and, and don't really handle that in a biblical way, things can go wrong quickly. We've all seen it, right? If you've ever been at a church business meeting and there's some guy that's just causing chaos in there, more than likely he would be, be under the label fool. And you have to know that because unfortunately, sometimes we deal with fools in inappropriate ways. Maybe we're overly harsh. 
Maybe we tried to ignore it, right? Have you ever tried to ignore a fool? I have. It doesn't work. They make themselves known quite often. And, and it's tough, and everyone in the room is trying to ignore them. But at some point, you have to deal with them. So the very first thing that you have to know is we're not being harsh here. And I want to, to really uh, camp out here for a second. So just listen to this verse. You don't have to turn there. This is Jesus himself. So fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus himself, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 26, this is him speaking. He says, And everyone, everyone who hears these words of mine, and does not put them, or does not do them, will be like a fool or a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So Jesus is calling people foolish if they didn't take his words and do them. He's comparing them to someone who built their house on sand. Now, before I moved to Baker City, I thought every house had a foundation. I was wrong. I moved to Baker City, and we will accept just about anything for a foundation in this town. I mean, some rocks cobbled together underneath a house, some two-by-fours jacked up with a, like a car jack underneath of it. I've seen some crazy stuff, but the one thing I've not seen is anyone here building their house on sand. That is like the most foolish, stupid thing you, you can do. That's exactly what Jesus is, is describing these people as, who don't take his word and do them. Jesus is calling people fools if once they have heard God's word, they won't do it. Again, in Matthew chapter 25 and verses 1 and 2, Jesus tells of this parable of 10 virgins. And he starts it out like this. He says, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were fools or foolish, and five were wise. And then he goes on to explain the parable. Jesus is very aware we have foolish people and we have wise people. And he used his teaching and these fools in his illustrations. It's very important that we grasp this. Because if you don't recognize wise behavior as wise, then just maybe you or I are the fools. We have to know what that looks like. We don't want to be that guy, so to speak. So the second verse under speech, how do you recognize a fool? Proverbs chapter 10, verse 14 says this, The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. So these first five or so verses one of the key indicators of who a fool is is someone who cannot control their mouth and they refuse to allow God's word or his knowledge to affect it, to change it, to capture it. They're just talking, 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 talking. They're full of opinions. They're full of what they believe is good advice. They may even be full of knowledge in this world. Here's a, here's a crazy idea. Maybe you think, especially if, if you're a teenager, if you're a young person and you've spent all your years trying to get an education, you really think succeeding in life is getting an education. Maybe you want to be an MD or a PhD. Well, MDs, PhDs, people who are highly educated, guess what? They can be fools just as much as you can or I can. 
Having a title or a degree does not exclude you from the full category by all means. As a matter of fact, sometimes, and you'll see this in just a moment, it might make it easier to slide into becoming a fool. Well, Proverbs 29, 11, third verse, a fool gives full vent to his spirit. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Why should you not get angry and blow up at someone? Well, you'd be a fool. That's what scripture says. If you see someone who has a, quote, short fuse or is short-tempered or uh, just can't get along with people without blowing up these sorts of people, this is what scripture describes as foolish behavior. A fool gives full vent to his spirit. He gives them a piece of his mind, right? Have you ever done that? I got to tell you, I wanted to do it yesterday. I really did. If you've flown on United Airlines, you know what I'm talking about. Or I could substitute any number of airlines. I get to the airport. I'm trying to make it home from Houston. I was there all week helping my parents. By the way, it was a balmy 89 degrees down in Houston. Just wanted to rub that in a little bit. It did get cold there at the end, but I wasn't going to mention that. Anyway, I had fun dealing with the hot humidity of Houston. But I finally make it back, trying to get home last night to be here this morning. And I get up there, and the guy is looking at me and goes, you can't take that. I'm like looking around. I'm like, I don't have any luggage. I don't know what you're talking about. I had a backpack. I had a backpack in my briefcase because I was working uh, on the sermon and stuff while I'm gone. He goes, well, your ticket doesn't allow for a carry-on. I'm like, when did that start? <laughs> I don't remember reading that on the website, right? And he goes, well, you should have read more closely. Oh, man, I've wanted to give him a piece of my mind right there, right? Who reads the details in that, right? Oh, but I didn't. I wanted to, but I didn't. So I was trying to quietly hold that back. But it's not easy. You see, sometimes you're going to mess up and give the guy a piece of your mind. But that's where you're trying to actually truly follow Jesus. A follower of Jesus matures. Someone who just claims to follow Jesus never matures. They remain immature. They act as fools. Proverbs 12, 16 says, The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. Do you think you're mature as long as no one messes with you? You're, that John Wayne mentality, I won't be laid a hand upon. You know, I don't do that to others. I don't expect someone else to do it to me. If so, I'm going to shoot them dead sort of idea. No, the, the mature ignores an insult. They don't shoot someone. And they certainly don't blast them with like 30 insults in response. You just recognize that person for who they are, the, the weight that their words carry, which isn't any, and you just move on. You ignore insults. Someone who can't ignore an insult, more than likely a fool. Proverbs 29.9, the last of the five verses on speech. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, anyone ever been in that sort of scenario? You're like, how did I end up in this argument? I don't know. I was just walking along, minding my own business, and all of a sudden I find myself in an argument with a fool. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs. And there is no quiet. 
Like, there's no winning an argument with a fool. Not only that, but he enjoys it. Have you ever known anyone that likes a good fight? Yeah, they're, they're out there. I'm telling you, you don't want to be around them very much. But you probably have some family members that you could tell me about. Stories like over the holidays. Boy, it just seems like old Aunt, Aunt Betty just loves to, to fight. She's always going to be picking a fight with Uncle John, you know, just stirring the pot. They're out there. One of the things that you're going to notice here, though, even as we move from speech to behavior, most of the times, fools don't get physical. They're the person that just pushes you all the way up to that limit where you want to smack them, but then they take one step back, so you, you look bad if you do, sort of deal. Not only that, but Jesus doesn't want you smacking people, right? But inside, you, you feel like you want to. But they never quite take it that far. They're just right in that narrow range where they irritate everybody, but you don't do anything about it. They just rage and then they laugh. They make a joke of it almost. Like, oh, I was just kidding. And you're like, no, you weren't. You're just trying to avoid a beating is what you're trying to do now. All of a sudden, this is how you begin to recognize a fool is with their speech. Then behavior, next proverb, Proverbs 13, 16. By the way, if you, if you don't want to capture all of these, uh, just check out our video on our website. Uh, it'll be up there. Uh, Judy's faithful in getting that up there uh, on a timely basis. So Proverbs 13, 16 says this, every prudent man acts with knowledge. And that every prudent woman, man, whatever you want, every prudent person acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly, right? So what does that mean? Well, anyone in here is approaching, we just had a business meeting this past week and it went really well. Uh, God is so good with, with uh, just blessing our socks off these days. But we approach that biblically. We're trying to figure out what does God desire from this body of, of believers for the coming year? What does he want? But if you have a fool in the group, they don't approach it from that angle at all. They approach it from their own opinion, and boy, they're going to flaunt it. They're like, this is my idea. It's the greatest idea ever. I give you 20 reasons why it's the greatest idea, and anyone who doesn't agree with that is an idiot. You know, they are, they're very loud-spoken, and it's always almost always their opinion or maybe some scripture sprinkled in there but kind of twisted a little bit and we'll get to that in just a moment but he flaunts his folly you're going to be able to point out in a crowd those that have full potential really the fool's never going to be quiet you're just not going to run across many quiet fools you just really aren't proverbs 14 16 one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil they're very slow acting, they're deliberate, they're examining how things are going, what the situation is, but a fool is reckless and careless. Do you have someone in your life that it's like they're living a soap opera? There, there's always constant trouble. There's always another event happening. There's always some sort of of saga that's going on that involves like 20 people, law enforcement and, you know, all counselors. And, and, and it's not like once in a while, like, wow, I'm so sorry for, for Bob. He's having a hard time this year. 
man, have some empathy for him. No, it's happening every week of Bob's life, and he's 65 years old. He still sounds like he's 17, right? We have people in our lives like that. Well, you're going to run across them in the community of faith as well. There's always a crisis in the church. There's always a problem. And if there's not a problem, they will find a problem. They're reckless. They're, they're careless. And at first, if you run across this person and you don't know them very well, you just think they're kind of fun-loving. They're kind of live by the seat of their pants. They don't have to be all stodgy and plan things out, kind of carefree. I want to hang around that person. Those people kind of are fun for a while, but when they live their entire life like that, you begin to see the recklessness and carelessness and the havoc that it creates in people's lives. All of a sudden, the person that's, that's cautious and wise that sounds a lot more fun than tearing up the town on a Friday night. It, it just changes. Then the third verse, and we're only going to cover three under the behavior of a fool, Proverbs 23. It is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife. It's an honor to stay out of the fight, to, to avoid it. But every fool will be quarreling. If there's a fool within 100 miles of you, he'll be in a fight. He just will. With somebody. And it, quite frankly, if no one's around, he'll figure out a way to fight with himself. Like, why isn't everyone here? He'll be whining and complaining to himself almost. You walk in the door and he's complaining that you're not there. The, the fool just can't avoid fights. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, my college, especially in business, they had this genius idea of making us do team projects in school. Now, I don't mind doing that now that I'm out of school because, quite frankly, in the real world, uh, someone that doesn't carry their weight on their team usually gets fired. But when someone's work or lack of work thereof affects my grade, which affects my ability to get work, I had a problem with that because somehow, some way, I always ended up with a fool on my team. Now, maybe you don't. Maybe you live in a world where in your office or your school, you don't have to really work with fools or be around fools. But I did, and I didn't enjoy it at all. The idea that I had to deal with a person trying to accomplish something while they're constantly fighting and quarreling just drove me berserk. I literally dropped a class one time just so I didn't have to deal with someone who was constantly fighting. I'm like, I can take this another time. There's no winning here. And that kind of moves us on to what is the real root of the problem? Your speech and your behavior, if you've ever raised kids and we've all been a kid, it all derives from something else. We, we covered that last week and it's your heart or your attitude that is developed from your heart. So the third way you recognize a fool, first, their speech, second, their behavior, but third is their attitude, which is a reflection of their heart. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the fool or the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. We've kind of covered this. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. So no matter what is happening, 
You can't convince this person that they're wrong. They're the know-it-all in the group. They're the person that I don't care what the subject is. And it's great. If you have a lot of knowledge, offer all the opinions, offer all, all the comments you want. But nobody's an expert in everything. And notice this. They're right in their own eyes. Not in the eyes of the Lord or according to his word. You see, once again, I hammer this so much in, in, in church and Proverbs hammers this. There's a reason why we encourage you to memorize scripture. It's not just a religious behavior. It's so that you can have it in your heart. So you're not always operating on your opinion or in your own eyes, so to speak. But you know fully what God's word says, and then you can do it, and then you can share it. And then you will be right or righteous according to God because you're just simply trying to live God's word. Memorizing it is just the first step. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Proverbs 28, 26. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Now, once again, this isn't saying that you should be anti-intellectual. I kind of threw... Um, educated people under the bus. I'm kind of one of those people. I've been in both areas. I've been no education and I've had some education. Now, this isn't the idea that you're to be stupid or be uninformed or people who have an education are automatically a fools. No, it just says this. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. It's simply this. Fools sometimes know Scripture. They have an opinion on Scripture, definitely. They are going to share that opinion. But you see, you can take Scripture outside of context, out of context, and then you can make it go any way you want, all the while ignoring 30 other Scriptures that talk about it. So sometimes it's good to actually take the time to try to understand something biblically as a whole. This morning, we're covering fools based upon Proverbs, but the rest of the Bible has more to talk about it. This isn't a full biblical theology on fools. It's just Proverbs. And so what you want to do is you really want to understand a situation, understand a person, what they're going through, and dig into Scripture and find out and really understand what, what does God say about this? not just simply throwing out your own opinion. Proverbs 15.5 says this, A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Here the idea of a father's instruction, if you were with us earlier, is taking God's word and teaching it to your kids. A fool despises that. Now I love this last one under attitude or your heart. Proverbs 27.22 says, crush a fool in a mortar with a pestle. We don't have many of those today, but they do exist. Along with crushed grain, yet his folly will not depart from him. Remember, Jesus was talking about people who have heard his words, and then they have the opportunity to do it or not. This is an image here in Solomon's Proverbs 
Take your hand, if you will, and just put your fist in it. That's what a pestle is. It's something, and many, some of you have this if you cook with herbs or if you cook with garlic. Uh, when I was growing up, it was salt, pepper. We didn't have fresh herbs. We had them at the store, but we just didn't cook with them. It was like bacon, green beans, potatoes, mac and cheese. That, that's what I grew up on. I don't know what you grew up on. I didn't even under, know there were real herbs until what was an herb. Uh, but anyway... It's something that you crush back in the day, in, in this case, grain with. You had to, to crush grain to make flour. And it, you just really apply a lot of pressure, and it's really tight, and you do it for quite a while. It, it's, it's a chore. And the imagery here is you could do that with a fool. You could toss a fool in there with that grain and just absolutely mash him, but you're not going to mash the fool out of the fool. He's not changing. And that's the tough part, especially in an environment of the church where you just want to keep trying to change the individual. You keep wanting to share, but we're about to learn here is that's not the approach with fools. They've heard God's word. They've rejected it. Not only have they rejected it, but they're endangering other people now. So how do we deal with this person? Well, First, there are three things that you don't do with a fool, and there's one thing that you do do. So you're thinking, Scott, I can't believe you've made me listen to 20 minutes of a message to tell me one thing that I have to do with a fool. Why don't we skip all this? Well, once again, you have to be able to recognize them, and then at least avoid these three things. Proverbs 23, 9. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool. For he will despise the good sense of your words. There's a reason why there is a time to talk, but there is a line in which you draw in which you walk away. Because talking and sharing no longer is effective. Not only is it not effective, but they will despise the good sense of your words. They will hate you for it. Now, Please hear me once again. We're not kicking people to the curb. That's not the approach we take. We're not just shoving the gospel aside, no longer preaching the gospel. We're not a church that doesn't have grace or love or empathy or any of that. This is an individual that has been shown all of that time and time and time and time again. But now they're sticking around in the community of faith, most likely, or in your life. They're claiming probably to know some of that and accept that but they're doing the opposite. And you just have to draw the line. Do not speak. They're, it's just no longer effective. You're just going to get into an argument, and that argument is going to lead to a place where they end up despising you. Second thing, Proverbs 26, 8. Like one who binds the stone in the sling is one who gives honor to a fool. So let's get the picture. In, in the old days, David and Goliath sort of thing, you had this, these long strings that you would attach to maybe a piece of leather or something, and you would put a stone in it. And then you would sling it around over your head and release it, and it, the stone would go flying. If you practiced enough, those things could be deadly. They were used in warfare. They were used in hunting. Uh, a modern version is a slingshot. My dad's 82 years old, and you know what he had me doing this past week? fixing his slingshot. 
I kid you not. He still uses a slingshot at 82 years old. It, it, it's, it's just crazy. I'm like, Dad, I really don't think the neighbors are going to appreciate you trying to shoot squirrels out of the backyard. But that's a whole other story. A fool is someone who, who actually gives honor to a fool is, is like kind of my dad shooting squirrels out of his backyard with you know, like ball bearings, <laughs> ball bearings going like a mile over and landing on someone. No, I think he actually uses it. He shoots cats with cat food. I don't know what that's about. He has like stray cats. I'm like, Dad, they're going to eat the cat food and they're just going to be like sitting back waiting for you to like shoot cat food in their direction. But anyway, I love my dad. How did we get off on cat food? <laughs> Giving honor to a fool. What does that mean? It just simply means this. If you think of the scriptures, honor your father and mother, it means to respect their leadership. They're, they're now in a position of leadership or headship over you. And someone who elevates a fool to honor is like someone who slings a stone wildly. As you're building a team, as you're trying to lead in ministry, recognize who fools are, because if you do not, you might accidentally elevate them to ministry. We've done that a time or two in the history of our church, and it ended poorly. Because they're so outspoken, because they have an opinion on everything, because they think they're the smartest and they might even know scripture, you're like, huh, they'd be a good leader. No, they're not. Do not honor a fool by elevating them into leadership. Bad decision. Thirdly, don't do this. Another sort of analogy that has to do with warfare or battle. Proverbs 26.10, like an archer who wounds everyone is one who hires a passing fool or drunkard. We've covered this in the past, but if you weren't here then, the people with the signs saying, I will work for food, don't hire them. That's not how people get jobs. You get a job by filling out applications and, and, and showing up and talking to people. You don't get a job by standing on a corner. You hire fools. You're like a person who is an archer who wounds everyone. What, what is that? We don't have archers these days. Well, today's Veterans Day. If any of you have been in battle, what you know is the, the, there are lots of different tactics, but the foot soldiers move forward while the artillery remains in back. And the artillery is lobbing shells over the soldiers, hopefully. If not, it ends very poorly for the poor foot soldier. Well, the archers back in the day, they were the artillery. They would either be up on the walls or they would be in the back and they would be shooting arrows over the guys with the swords. The fool, on the other hand, he's just winging it at everyone. You're getting arrows in the back if you've got some fool as an archer. Don't do that. No one would do that, right? You don't want to be getting arrows in the back. Well, if you hire a fool, that's what you've become. You've essentially taken someone and placed them in a position that is hurting other people. 
And you probably did it out of grace and love and kindness, trying to give people a second, third, fourth, fifth chance. But you have to remember, you have responsibilities for other people as well, especially in the house of God, where you're trying, where you have maybe this immature person over here or this mature person over here or another person that's just walked in the church for the very first time and they're really hurting and they need someone to love them, and you've placed a fool in a position of authority, and this person that's hurting and they've come back to church maybe, and and they're just seeking people to love them, and all of a sudden you place them in front of a fool, and this fool represents your body or your ministry, and, and they have this terrible experience, well, that's on you. That's not on the fool. That's on you. Don't do that. You have to, at some point, make certain decisions because you have to protect other people, your family, those of immature faith, those who are hurting or in need. Don't speak in the hearing of a fool. Don't give honor to a fool and don't hire a fool. What do you do? What is the one thing that all of Proverbs tells us to do? Proverbs 14, 7. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. Leave. Leave the presence of a fool. Proverbs 17.12 says the same thing, but in more dramatic terms. Let a man meet a she-bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. That's a picture right there. Now, many of you have heard this illustration, and it's the only bare illustration I have, but it, it, it is what it is, and it's kind of ironic being the situation that it is, and you'll understand. Years ago, where Judy and I decided to take my parents to Alaska, and we decided, you know what? We're not just going to take my parents. We're going to take her parents. So the six of us go to Alaska. My mom and uh, my dad and, and her dad love to fish, so we have some fishing activities for those guys, and then we have other activities for other people. Well, one of the things that Judy loves to do is she loves animals and wants to see bears. So we take this bear viewing trip. They take us up in a float plane, drop us off, uh, basically for dead, for lack of a better term, at a high mountain lake, and you float out on rubber rafts down this stream all the way to the ocean along the edge of the stream are huge kodiak brown bears they're the largest carnivore on earth they weigh anywhere between 800 and 1200 pounds some even bigger and so we're floating down and literally the stream is as wide as this stage and in spots and it's only about waist deep in most places and so we're floating down and my father-in-law my dad they're having a great time catching all the trout in the world Uh, They're after salmon, but they're catching trout, and finally I have to put the kibosh on that and say, we need to see some bears. Judy hasn't seen some bears. This is her part of the trip. And so we float, and all of a sudden, bears start popping up out of these, like, 10-foot-tall weeds just right on the bank. So I'm, like, where the front row is, and all of a sudden, a bear just pops out. This huge bear pops out right there, and people freak out. But thankfully, they're interested in salmon and fish, not in us. So after a while, it kind of becomes the norm, and we're okay. We're paddling along in our little rubber rafts. Just no distance between the largest carnivore on earth and us. Our parents are in one raft. Judy and I are in another raft. And we're getting towards the end. We'd seen like 17 of these huge bears. Finally, way off in the distance, all these others had been male bears. But a mother, a big mother, and two of her cubs pop out. 
just out of nowhere. Again, there's these huge tall weeds with these bear trails going through and you can't see very far. So they just pop out and, and we're all like, I'm on the bank, Judy's on the bank, she's taking photos of the bears and maybe some smaller bears and our parents, they can't walk around too well. That's kind of the whole point of the trip. We're helping them out a little bit. They're there in the raft. And we noticed the bear with the cubs and finally Judy's like, I, I need to get some pictures of these. We haven't seen them. She's trying to get pictures. We look over our parents left us. They're paddling like for their lives. They're like, we're out of here. I'm like, you're our parents. We took, you're leaving your kids to be mauled by a bear. They saw a female in her cubs. She wasn't even robbed of her cubs. She was like 100 yards off. And they were just like, hey, we loved you. We raised you, but we're out of here. And you see these old people like floating down the river, leaving their kids behind. We just, it was hurtful. We couldn't believe our parents left us just for bear food. Well, they never heard the end of it. The reason why I bring up that story is because every time I see them, I still bring that up today. I remind them that they weren't being good parents, leaving their kids for bear bait. That's the sort of fear that you need to have when you run across a fool. Leave. You're not going to win the argument. You're not going to change them. They've heard the word of God before. Leave. Pray for them. By all means, pray for them. Love them. Don't be mean to them. Don't be hateful. Don't be none of that. We love Jesus. But be wise. Just leave. It's really that simple. And, but it's so hard. Because you want to be, you want to win the argument. You want to fix them. No, leave. Don't speak. Don't hire them for whatever. Don't promote them. Just leave. Walk away. Thank you for being here today. If you don't know who Jesus is, who fixed this fool, he can fix you wherever you're at, whatever your situation. Maybe you've been a fool in your past, but you're here ready to receive God's word. Praise God. I pray that it happens today. Let's go to the word. Lord in prayer. <coughs> Father, thank you so much for your grace in my life. Help us to be a body that is gracious, that is loving, that can empathize, that, that gives a thousand chances. But at the same time, help us to be wise. Help us to know how to behave. Help us to know how to protect, how to lead, how to uh, seek you and, and to uh, honor you. And if we have fools present here today, if, if we know of people who are foolish, um, help us to be wise in our interactions with them, Lord. Above all else, I just pray that you move in their hearts, move in our hearts, that they might finally turn to you to follow you as Lord and Savior. In Christ's name I pray this. Amen. <laughs>